Good afternoon, y'all. Went from morning to afternoon, all in a couple of minutes. It's great to see y'all today. <clears throat> On this feast day of Our Lady, Our Lady of Prompt Secor, she's in, in that title, the patroness of Louisiana, because of a great miracle that happened. Um, I forget the year, but there was something going on in New Orleans, and the city was burning down. And uh, the Ursuline sisters went and took the big statue of Our Lady of Prompt Secor, the gold. She's all in gold, holding the child Jesus. And they put her in the window, uh, facing the fire. And as the fire approached, a miracle happened, and it simply turned around and died out and the city of New Orleans was spared. So the bishops have given uh, that title, Our Lady of Prompt Secours, which means Our Lady of Speedy Help. Right? The city is burning down. We need Our Lady to hurry up and help us out. Um, so it's the patron of Louisiana under that title. You know, looking at this uh, reading today, I was, there's so much that's in it. This gospel reading, um, it takes place right after the miracle of Jesus performing, feeding the 5,000 people with the five loaves and the two fish, right? Um, 5,000 men, it says, were, were uh, fed. Now, that's just men. Scripture, unfortunately, didn't always count women in on that. So you can imagine if there were 5,000 men, they probably each had a wife. That's 10,000 people. They might have had at least one kid with them. There's 15,000 people. So did, Jesus didn't just feed 5,000. It was more like 15 to 20, whenever you would count wives and children. This is a massive miracle. Massive. And after it took place, Jesus sent his apostles across the, in the boat and said, look, I'll meet you on the other side. He goes up, he dismisses the crowd, and he goes up to the mountain to pray. And it's a mysterious thing that you see happening. It's, it seems as though Jesus can see them in the boat from on top of the mountain. At least that's what the scriptures make it sound like. It said he saw the boat being tossed around because <clears throat> a storm blew in. And he didn't go right away. He didn't freak out and go save them. He let them remain in the storm. And then it said in the fourth watch of the night, which would have been the wee hours of the morning, Jesus goes and um, begins to walk on water. And this, <laughs> I find this to be the most fascinating thing. And I don't know why he does this. It, it says it straight up. He's walking towards them on the water, and he meant to just pass by them. I'm like, how weird is that? They're freaking out. A storm is blowing, and Jesus is like, <laughs> just walking on the water and just having a good old time. And like, imagine what the apostles are thinking. Like, oh gosh, like they're terrified, it says. They're terrified. They think they're seeing a ghost, and Jesus is just walking right on by. <laughs> and then Jesus realizes they're all about to have a heart attack. And these are rough guys. These are, most of them are fishermen. They've been in rough waters before. This must have been a major storm. And Jesus says, I love these words, do not be afraid. Take courage, it is I. I love those words from Christ because that's what we need to hear in the midst of the storms of our life, isn't it? And sometimes the storms are little and sometimes they're big. This was a big storm. Grown men, fishermen, were having a rough time. They were afraid, even more afraid when they saw a man walking on water. Do not be afraid. Take courage. It is I. I'm like, man, that is so good for us to hear. In the midst of our lives, in the midst of the storms of our own lives, man, we need to read that scripture over and over and over and hear Jesus say to us, take courage. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of this big storm. Why? Because Jesus is in the midst of it. I think we get afraid when we don't recognize Jesus in the midst of our storms. 
That's when fear catches us. And we think that Jesus is in the midst of the storm because we don't understand who Jesus is, who God is. We have sometimes a misunderstanding of who the Father is. Scripture is real clear in that first letter of John. It says, God is love. God is love. I've said this a million times. It's who he is. He's not like love. It doesn't say God is judge. It doesn't say God is angry at me. It doesn't say God is going to punish me. It says God is love. It's who he is. In the very core of who God is, he is love. And he loves us as a father, loves his children. And, and our only response to such a great gift of love has to be an act of love. It has to be my heart saying, Father, I've encountered you in a way of love so deeply that I will respond to you in love. Why? I can't be afraid. Scripture says it. Perfect love casts out all fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. And so whenever God calls us to do things, many times it's, uh, it's fearful. We get afraid of what God is doing, what He's calling us to. Whenever we're in the midst of those storms, whenever life is crashing down on us, whenever all these things are going on around us, what's the first emotion? It, it's fear. We get afraid. But when we come to know this God, who is love itself, we come to know Him, who died on the cross for us, who gave His very life for us. That's love. The empty tomb is the power of God. But this is God who loves us. Well, then all of those lies that we've believed about God, of who He is, will melt away. They melt away. Where we stare at this kind of love. And that kind of love is going to demand a response. That kind of love demands everything of us. Everything. Right? And so it's a wonderful, wonderful day. It's a, it's a love that Mary understood with Jesus and with the Father. She didn't understand how all this was going to happen whenever the angel came to her. She didn't quite understand it. She didn't understand what was meant whenever the prophet said, Mary, you too, a sword's going to pierce your heart. She didn't understand that. But she accepted it because she knew that God was a God of love. See, the apostles got confused. It says at the very end of that gospel reading, even though they had just seen a miracle feeding fifteen to 20,000 people, even though they just saw a man walking on water in the midst of the storm, what's it say? It says they were confused and their hearts were still hardened. It's fascinating. They just saw all this, but yet their heart was hardened. Why? But because they still had not yet come to understand that God is love. And that He did all of those things because He loves them. I think sometimes we can get like that. I know I can. I'll speak for myself. I see miracles every single day. Seriously. In the Mass, in confession, in the anointing of the sick, in people coming to know who Jesus is. All the, I see it every single day. And sometimes my heart can become hard and it becomes an ordinary thing of life. The priest walks amongst the sacred, and the sacred becomes ordinary, and that's a great sin for the priest. The sanctuary becomes like a living room, and I just walk back and forth. It's like, okay, this is crazy. This is the holy. This is the sacred. So our hearts can become hardened, even though you're sitting in the pews every single day receiving Him in the Holy Eucharist. 
Our hearts can become hardened to the great miracles that he has to show us. He wants to reveal himself to us, guys. And he does it every day right here in the Eucharist as the God who loves us so much. <laughs> he's not just going to die for us. He's not just going to raise from the dead. He wants to be our food. He wants to be our food to give to us. He wants to become part of us, and we become part of him. That's the kind of crazy, outrageous love, scandalous love that God has for us. And so let us come today to this Holy Mass, encountering him, this God who is love, not being afraid. Wherever God has you, whatever's going on, whatever storms in your life, know that Jesus wants to walk right in the midst of your storm and speak. Don't be afraid. Take courage. It's I. Amen.